This week on The Reverse Stick, Stephen Finlater joins us to talk about what's happening in Irish hockey and in Euro hockey. And Matt, well, he has a very special edition of Idiots Doing Umpiring. (laughs) Greetings and welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is Crokey John and with me is... Matt Allen, how are you, Matt? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Croaky, but I'm good. How are you, listeners? They're fine. Hang on. Let, get, wait a moment. Let them answer. Oh, that's great. Good, good to hear. Have you turned the power cord on to your laptop? Uh, laptop, yep. Power's okay. turned on. Uh, phone, audio's turned... You know what I think we're missing, John? What? I listen to a lot of podcasts these days, and they've got either names for Commercial their listeners... Sponsorship. No, well, no, they <laughs> Some have that. Um... But there's, a, there's a, a signature entry line. So let, I'll give you an example. Um, Adam Buxton, very popular podcaster. He always kicks off with a, hey, podcats. You know, and he calls his listeners the, the, the podcats. Is this global um, stuff? Well, possibly. Um, the, um, the toe fop with Will Anderson and Charlie Clawson. It's an, it's an Aussie one. They, uh, they start with, everyone relax. This is toe fop. Um, I'm just wondering, maybe we should have. So, and they, they, you know, there's also shows that have the the sign off as well, which is the same sign off all the time. But um, I, I think we should be working towards just something recognisable, something that's ours that we just, it, you know, people just just know it. It's just, it's just, it, it's quintessentially the reverse stick. Don't you think not knowing what we're going to say is quintessentially <laughs> the reverse stick? Well, it is, but maybe we could lose a bit of that. You know, uncertainty for the show, and at least we know there's one thing we're going to say every week. So that mean I'd have to remember it every week. Yeah, well, we've got a whiteboard up there, and look, I'm just looking at that whiteboard, John. That was last written on about 18 months ago, yeah, I think, something yeah. like that. Probably a bit so, longer. So we could put it up there. I think it was the very, very first Push Pass Pundits podcast oh, that we I'll did. I'll tell you what, we, we can uh, fiscally. It says fiscally. So it there, was yeah. within the last six months. Oh, that's, that's a different coloured pen, though. Yeah, yeah, so that that was a late edition, but we don't have it. Scored dot com, hashtag TRS World Eleven, the Hockey Family at the Hockey Live hashtag Live Stream Hockey. We can maybe sign that and give that away as a as a. It's like, a piece a of prize. history, really. Isn't yeah, it? It collector's is. item. Yeah. News. Well, there has been a bit of breaking news this morning, hasn't there? There has. Um, going to India. Breaking Indian news. Oh, well, that's right, yeah. Um, news, Is that the uh, same news you were thinking? I've got lots of news here. Oh. Well, of course, there's lots of news in India at the moment with the COVID situation and the, yeah, the camp. Uh, there will be a push past pundits coming up very soon. We'll be talking about that and what else is going on in India. I think of the six confirmed, uh, five have, have got over the COVID, but Surrender's gone back into hospital with a oh, blood no. clot in an mm. upper right limb, I think it is. Um, so hopefully he, uh, he pulls, pulls through that. Um, but yeah, the, the, um, the big story, and this is coming from an article from our friend Mihir Vazavda from the IndianExpress.com. Days after contract renewal, Hockey India's high performance director, David John, resigns. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. It's learnt that the Hockey Federation has accepted the Australian high performance director, David John's resignation, but the Sports Authority of India, his employers on paper, are yet to respond. David John has resigned just days after his contract was renewed by the Sports Ministry until <laughs> September 2021. It's learnt that the Federation has accepted the Australian's resignation, but the Sports Authority of India, his employers on paper, are yet to respond. 
It's learnt that John has cited personal and health issues as reasons to return to Australia. But according to those in the know, John put in his papers after he was asked to report to the Hockey India office in Delhi every day, as well as make trips to training centres around the country in the middle of the pandemic. When asked about John's resignation as one of the reasons for it, Hockey India said, no comments. John did not respond to text messages. Uh, He was employed at a monthly salary of $12,000, has been working from home in New Delhi since the beginning of the lockdown in March. In May, Hockey India's office had to be shut down after two staffers tested positive for the coronavirus. David was not comfortable to travel to the office and other cities in the country as it posed health risks. There was a difference of opinion over this issue, and he eventually offered to quit, a source has said. He's been associated with Indian hockey for a major part of the last decade, having first come as to the come as the men's team's physio along with former coach Michael Nobbs. During that stint, he was credited with improving the players' fitness levels, first bringing them on par with the rest of the world and then making them better. He left the team after the London Olympics but returned in 2016 as the high-performance director. His appointment raised a few eyebrows as John did not have any prior coaching experience. Since then, however, he's been one of the key figures in Indian hockey, having been closely associated with the men and women's teams as well as designing Hockey India's ambitious coaching programme. He also played an important role in the appointment of coaches for the national teams. His resignation means that even in a year without a lot of sporting action, Indian hockey's dubious tradition of parting ways with coaches and people in related roles continues. Well, I I had heard that they might not necessarily be terribly happy up there, but, you know, that's interesting, the the reasons given. That's right. Uh, There will certainly be a lot of people that will be happy about that. We've only got to go back 18 months, two years, where every other day they were calling for his head. Um, What you know? What does he know about hockey? Why is he involved with team selections? Why is he going to this tournament (laughs) as the team manager? Oh, it just didn't stop, did it? So hopefully a few of you are happy with that. How do you reckon that conversation went? Just quietly? Uh, You know, David, David rings up. Look. Mate, I can't go to all of these places because, you know, there's this pandemic going on. Oh, well, no, you got to. Well, come on, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I don't... And who do you reckon he'd have been talking, having that conversation with? <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been Mr. Dr. Batra, would it? Because he's no. got nothing to do with Hockey India whatsoever. Little Miss Potty Bounce? <laughs> <laughs> I stopped following on Twitter today. Oh, did you? Yeah, she never, po- never tweeted anything. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that would be an interesting conversation, mm. and I look forward to the next uh, selected Indian team too. I reckon, I reckon that could be a bit interesting, just quietly. Wow, yeah. Between you and I, for all those people who were complaining about team selections, let's see what. You, <laughs> see how that see, works out. Yeah, see what you're going to get. Yeah, now. you got to be careful what you wish for, mate, because sometimes you get it. Now we're going to move to another large country, John. Yeah. And uh, this large country is, of course, your your uh, country of birth, isn't it? Oh, no, no, you're just the biggest um, supporter with uh, Vlad's lads of oh, the... Oh, huge uh, family connection, as it turns yeah. out, but that's another story. <laughs> wow. This is of interest. Uh, we'll go to the Inside the Games article first with it. This is with regard to uh, the Russian Hockey Federation. The Russian. This is from Liam Morgan, who quite often puts hockey posts up there. The Russian Sports Ministry has suspended the accreditation of the country's embattled Hockey Federation which is embroiled in crisis after President Nikolai Alexandrov was charged with embezzlement. The Russian Hockey Federation confirmed its accreditation had been suspended and the Baseball Federation of Russia would oversee the rights and duties of the troubled body for a period of up to six months. 
Several regional bodies have written letters to the sports ministry objecting to the move. It's an interesting one, just a, oh, what's kind of like hockey, has got a stick, but baseball, you're, you look after it. Anyway, um, the exact reason for the decision from the sports ministry has not been revealed, but it's thought to be connected to the scandal involving Alexandrov, who remains president despite the criminal charges against him. Alexandrov was arrested last December on suspicion of committing economic crimes during his time as chief executive of Russian construction company Mosmetrostroy. He was released under house arrest the following month before being detained on separate charges in April. Alexandrov was then placed under house arrest for a second time in May. He's accused of concluding a fictitious contract and embezzling the funds from Mosmetrostroy. The FHTR had an election in February following the criminal charges against Alexandrov, where Andrei Kananin, an assistant to State Duma Deputy Mikhail Buga, was voted in as president. But the Russian Olympic Committee said the election was invalid and Alexandrov remained legit- the legitimate president. However, you go to the FIH website and they have supported uh, Mr. Kananin as being the president. So the contact, for the, uh, for, um, the contact details for Russian hockey have him as the uh, head of the organisation. Not a hockey man, an assistant to... Now, I will tell you, John, exactly what the Duma is. The State Duma, commonly abbreviated in Russian as Gostuma, is the lower house of the Federal Assembly of mm. Russia. Yep. So, there we go. Um, but F- And it also says in the article, FIH have been contacted for comment, but have not responded. Well, it's a tough one for the FIH, something like that, isn't it, you'd think? Well, they've certainly been and involved let's before. Face it, in Russia indo- doesn't have a great history of following, you know, constitutional requirements. Let's call it that. Well, so, so you know, but they've got a situation where the Russian Olympic Committee doesn't recognise the same president as the FIH recognises for hockey. Could we see a split, John? Could we see another hockey India uh, situation well, happening what, there? I know what's going to happen. Mr. Batra is going to jump into the phone booth and, and emerge as Super B. He's going to get the cape and fly to the rescue. You think he, he's keen to take on that, that role as well? No, what I'm suggesting is... If, oh, he's going to go and mediate the situation. If, if, if he is the president that he should be, he would be poking his IOC finger here and saying the Russian Federation can't... He'd be well, finger-poking. As, as the voice of Russian hockey here in Australia, John, what are your thoughts? You, you obviously had the inside track on this. In, well, I've known about it for some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not new to me. Um, can I say I'm totally and fully in support of all the Russian hockey players and the Russian national teams. Just a note as well. They've got till uh, they've got till October the third um, to get their um, field certificate updated for the Kazan Hockey Centre main pitch. Okay. So I wonder what happens in this situation because obviously the the testers well, might be a bit limited on their movement to to get around. Um, so you know, are, are there FIH testers out there at the moment doing certifications on fields that like this one? We're going to run out of that certificate fairly soon. Oh, well, that's a problem that we've never thought about. Actually, I don't know. What will happen? How difficult is it? Is it difficult to get around Russia at the moment? I don't believe it is. Maybe it... I wouldn't have a, a clue. clue. <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about. But just back to that whole Federation thing, it's interesting that um, I would have thought there maybe there's not. 
there's nothing about, um, yeah, I can't from the top of my head, Constitution Corner next week. We've got a Constitution Corner. Criminal records and, um, I'll write this down for next week, right? Constitution Corner. Criminal records for office bearers and, and how things go with like, and the clauses about character, etc. Mm-hmm. So we'll dig into that next week. And that's okay? going to happen when? In, in what section? Constitution Corner. Oh, that's good. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad it's coming then. Oh. Hey, did, is that got, yours? Got, no, it's not, no, it's not me. Okay. So we'll do that next week. Fantastic. Oh, you've changed. Oh, sorry. I'm no, glad to do oh, it. You do the spittoon noise. So you go back up. That's it. Do that okay. one. Do that one. Go like that. Woo! Not that oh, one. Jeez, master good. It's technology. Good. It's good are, that we've yeah. got these. Uh, Here we yeah, go. Here we go. As organised as ever here at the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Please do follow us on the socials. Get onto Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us at the Reverse Stick. Give us a like, retweet, repost, do all those sort of things. Tell your mates. Um, and if you are on things like Apple Podcasts, where you get an opportunity to leave a review, please leave us a. It doesn't have to be a five star, something moderate, three and a half, four. We'd be happy with that. A little comment. Let people know what the show's about. It helps spread the word of. Yes. Uh, well, let's get on with it, even though it is a beautiful day. We've actually got the door open here on the Cool Blood Broadcasting Corporation yeah. studio. It's a lovely day outside. Maggie, the podcast dog, is coming she's in and out. She's around somewhere. Oh, she's uh, looking after the chickens out there. Wow, they seem to be very well behaved. They've yeah. got an expanded area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good for them. It's not good for me trying to get out drunk. I'm, this, is, this is a daytime record, but trying to get over those little fences and things that you've oh. got up. A bit of fun and games with those. <laughs> it is a daytime record. If we, if we lack our normal energy, folks, you know why. Or if you can understand what we're actually saying. <laughs> uh, what's next? Uh, hockey, hockey, hockey. I, I didn't really, I didn't read much about it, but I, somebody mentioned that Pakistan are potentially going to be taking their national championships to hockey fives. What a surprise. Uh, uh, now, we've got the new rules of Hockey Fives. One you will be happy with. I did have a bit of a scan through them the post okay. last week's show. The score from anywhere is gone. You can only score within the half. So, slight, slight improvement on that. But there's, there's so much vague stuff in there going, oh, look, if you can't play on this field, play on that field. If you can't play with this type of ball, play with this type of ball. If you can't get five aside, play four aside. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you basically can do what you want with it. Well, we could have done that with hockey sixes. Oh. In fact, why do we have to? Anyway, we're not going down that route again. Um, but there are, you know, that, that's one positive out of the rules. It's hockey five plus one now, though, isn't it? But it's not hockey. It's not hockey five. No, it's hockey five plus no, we, one. No, we made that. We made that up. Did we? Yes. <laughs> I thought you were serious. <laughs> no. Um, but you still have to have a padded up keeper to play. Or yes. Got yeah. 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 No, you still have. To. But the um, uh, that rule update was back in June, not published anywhere on, on the FIA site, to my knowledge, at all, until we, you picked up on it last week in the... The greatest spiel of the comp. Yeah, 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 which had lots of different points in there, not, not anything specific towards Hockey Fives. You know, maybe that one slipped under the radar and still no competitions manager advertised on the... Uh, no job advertised and, and no position currently on the uh, FIH, our team. So I wonder if that's... Uh, just this, well, I suppose there's no competitions, is there? So you don't need a competition. <laughs> so you think you'd be getting organised for good, them, though? Probably a good time to step it, away. It could have been. There's some more on the FIH website. 
Oh, What's actually, it's gold this week, the FIH website, isn't it? It is. Do you want to go first? Well, well, the hockey community gets creative with their time, John, which is wonderful because... Uh, Got creative with language too, didn't Well, you? okay. Opening, opening sentence. Members of the international hockey from across the globe have been tapping into there creatively to connect with the wider hockey family. That's got to be some sort of error between copy going in and copy being posted. I would imagine. Surely I would that's have, no, a, I would a imagine, formatting no, stuff up. The author, although there's no author um, listed, um, although it's not hard to work out, um, would have direct access to post onto the website. Absolutely guaranteed. Members of the international hockey from across <laughs> the globe have been tapping into there creatively to connect with the wider hockey family. Well, the great thing is, John, they've uh, throughout Chile they've been running. Um, a video contest on passing the ball uh, as creatively as possible. Um, at, no, hang on. Making the activity as creative as possible. The, the, the creatively creativity, I struggle with it sometimes. Huge response, more than 70 clubs. It was great. A um, couple of comments from uh, Chilean players. Uh, Juan Ignacio Amoroso says, I think we had very little information on how big the hockey family is in Chile. It's always been very centralised, and this was a good opportunity to get to know regional hockey. Fantastic. Um, then uh, the creativity, of course, the kookaburras and the hockey ruse of uh, putting together a musical playlist. Is that, would, is that creativity, or is that just... It is in the, the modern era, mate. Is it? Yeah, if you can play a record, you're now a creative. Well, That's what DJs go. are, aren't they? Now, on to an actual creative, Sabina Hahn of the, uh, the Hockey Kids Books. Um, she's been putting out some good little calendars and we've been reposting and retweeting. I think there's a, a new back to school one that's out. She's basically doing what she does all the time anyway. Yeah. Nothing particular to do with the, the pandemic. So, um, great story. Well done. You liked that, didn't you? You just had to get that out. Can we go to another story? Yeah. That's on the FIH website. This appeared, uh, let's have a look. What's it dated? 18th of <laughs> August, right? It's dated 18th of August. Canada enjoy a month of celebrations and it's about, um, What's happening in, with Field Hockey Canada? Um, and uh, the first line here, it is a month of celebrations for Field Hockey Canada as the national governing body showcases some of its best known and most highly respected members of the hockey community. So it's the Hall of Fame Celebration Month because they've been enforced to postpone their annual induction ceremony due to COVID-19. Right, so, so this would normally happen on, on a, a night, night at, a, at an event. But the personal yeah. inductions. But they're spread, spreading it out over the month. Yeah, but so now what they're doing is over, and there's a list here, of the, and we should mention who these people are. Um, four characters from the hockey community to be recognised as their role, for their role as builders or developers. Uh, Dot Asuma, who was the organiser of the 79 World Championships in Vancouver. Uh, Jenny John, who arrived from Canada, to, in Canada from England 50 years ago and has stayed and she played for the national team, then an administrator and an avid promoter of hockey in Canada. Jack Taunton. Spelling incorrection on promoter. Uh, Jack Taunton has been doctor for the Canadian men's and women's team for 30 years. Uh, Dennis Cooper also came from England, has been an international umpire and technical official involved in the organisation of the 76 Olympic Games in Montreal and stayed on doing umpire development and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, There are three recipients in the athletes category. Shelley Andrew, Nee Winter, will be inducted as part of the 1983 team and also receive individual recognition. Um, Where's the other... There's a couple more here. Who are they? Alan Hobkirk, Alan Hobkirk, represented Canada from 71 to 83. And uh, Hobkirk's teammate, Reg Plummer, 
will be inducted as well. He played for Canada 74 to 84. And there's uh, also Alan Waterman, the only official in this year's lineup. He was an international umpire at the 1992 Olympic Games and 1994 World Cup and a number of champions, trophies, etc. Congratulations to those people. It's great they've found a way, Hockey Canada, to do something. And yeah, it's a nice enough story. What, what got me really interested about this story was the photo that's attached at the top of the page. Well, it, so com- it click on it. Confused me. It yeah. really did confuse me because the first thing you notice is... The first thing I saw when I looked at that photo was went, that's the Perth Hockey Stadium, yeah. which yeah. it indeed is the tree, a photo the trees, at Perth yeah, Hockey Stadium. The trees in the background are unmistakable from of any international ground any, anywhere in the world. Yeah. You, you see those trees, you know. Now, what I found all terribly interesting too was... Noticing the date of this photo, Matt. Mm. Now, I know we're talking about people who did something a long time or have had a long association, so maybe that's the point of this photo. Um, maybe one of the ladies that I mentioned are in this photo. That's that. Well, we're getting to that. Uh, it's clearly a WA team that's playing. It's a women's team. Um, yeah, it's got the yellow and black. Now, I'm assuming it's the Canadian team they're playing against because there's nothing on any of the uniforms we can see in that photo that signifies it's a Canadian no, team. White, white singlet, red, uh, A. Knee-length skirt. Was not, no, just above the knee on some just of them. But, yeah, A. Is it an A? Top of the knee. A design. What do the they call knee. it? An A? Oh, I don't know a, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, white socks, red skirt, white singlet. Um now, the goalie, the Canadian goalie you can see there, I'm assuming it's a Canadian goalie, has the good old yellow yep. bamboo goalkeeping so pads we're, on. So we're, we're late 80s. 70s, early 80s. Early, yeah. early 80s, you'd think. Um, well, that turf wasn't there until 79. So. No, you're right. Yep. Um, and also one of the advertising yeah, signs cigarette in the background. Yeah, something mo- see, nothing's milder than the, the product that they're advertising there. Yeah. Um, why that photo? And why nothing about referring if that indeed there is a person didn't in that say, photo? Didn't say pictured centre or anything like there. that. Yeah. I would have hoped they would have got a photo of one of those people playing hockey in Canada. That would have been nice. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like such an odd choice of photograph, Matt. There we go. I thought I pointed out and just say why it is not hard, unless that is the only photo of Canadian hockey that the <laughs> FIH has. Why that one? It's nice to see the Perth Hockey Stadium yeah, there too, and the WA girls. The grass is in good condition there. Yeah, nice hairdos too, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. One more. One more from the FIH oh, website. Oh, go on. Jeez, you've been busy on it. Mm. Have you actually players. looked at anything else? No. Yeah, no, I looked through Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> Young players to get golden opportunity to develop their game. Matt? Uh, well, this is this is the wild apricot thing, is it? FIH oh, I don't membership. Know. Well, something about membership. Yeah. Imagine being a player, no, uh, yeah. having the opportunity to talk to some of the world's greatest players and coaches about your own hockey developments. Imagine being given the opportunity to talk with other talented young players on other continents, sharing experiences, talking about challenges, and learning about the sport as it is played elsewhere in the world. Imagine being able to tap into the experiences of players with hundreds of international caps or multi-medal winning coaches and discovering their thoughts on what it takes to be the best. And imagine inviting the time to have a... Uh, eh? And imagine having... Sorry, (laughs) that's my stuff up. And imagine having the time to have a conversation with players about what it means to be an Olympian or what it feels like 
as a coach, to lead a team to a gold medal. So is this a new chat app, is it? The Youth Athlete Academy. Young athletes. Can you, can you read today? No, no, I can't. I just said one with glasses. <laughs> the Young Athlete Academy offers just this opportunity. The FIH Academy, in collaboration with the Hockey Exchange and supported by Coach Logic, has brought together an incredible lineup of players, former players, coaches, and FIH educators to provide an online support mechanism for tomorrow's generation of superstars. It's a series of workshops. Uh, it's got a 12-month support and mentoring program How much? for young athletes from 14 to 21 years. It doesn't say how much it is, uh, it is, but they will be able to use your 12-month coach logic license, allowing the players to gather detailed insight into their performances and development via the coach logic video analysis technology. So all of those players out there who uh, have the opportunity to have a camera follow them around the field, they get your mum and dad to do it, I suppose, yeah. you'll be able to get yourself detailed analysis. Mum and dad, I want to be a better hockey player. How much is it going to cost? <laughs> Wait. What? It says a lot of other stuff. But what got me going was this little part. The workshop will provide a solid educational base in the cornerstones of hockey performance technical skills, strength and conditioning advice, nutritional information, sports psychology will all be covered in the workshop sessions delivered by experts in each field. Maybe they're trying to develop their own uh, international team. There will also be instructional sessions on using the coach logic technology and advice on effective self-analysis. We like the Harlem Globetrotters. The final part of the program will be looking at principles of play and how you make sure your hockey is adhering to the collective playing principles of the team. Ah. Have you not got this upside down? Is, is that the wrong way around? Well, you, it, there, there are certain things there. There's nothing wrong with the premise of, of, of what's being offered there. A lot of it should be being offered within your your own club and and um, state association, national association, county association, whatever. Anyway, shouldn't it? What sort of nutritional advice do you think a fourteen to seventeen year old is going to take? Stop eating macas. You know <laughs> that, that's a that's tumbler, yeah. But I would have thought at that age, there's a certain amount of traditional uh, of nutritional advice was. Eat as much as you can when you feel like it, because you're a growing lad. Well, I know an ex. Regardless of playing hockey, you're a growing young woman. An ex Eat. An ex kookaburra that every time they checked into Hungry Jacks, I, I received a message on Facebook about it for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Well, we do see sports superstars in this country oh, advertising. You say, what's you saying, Bolt? What's his deal? Chicken, chicken Kentucky McNuggets Friday or something? Thing. No, yeah. chicken McNuggets. Yeah. Does he get free chicken McNuggets? Well, he does now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. If you want to sign up for that, you can, you can go along and get developed. But one thing that did make me think, isn't that if we had a, a really good club structure, a much more well-funded club structure, that that would be happening within clubs anyway. And I'm sure it, but we don't. We're still amateur at, at club level. And video analysis? She isn't... Yeah, I mean, don't doesn't does Fred Fremantle does video analysis in the top grade, don't they? Yeah. Anybody else get it? No, no. And I, I, I think. Oh, look, that's good. You can you can get little apps. You can take you know photographs of it. Um, 
videos of individuals' technique and analyse those and go through them with it. You know, there's, there's, there's so opportunity. There's opportunities it, to do it. It's, it's a good idea. No, I don't think it's a bad idea. What I my my issue with it is, John, is how much is it going to cost? Break, breaking news here. Yeah. Hockey WA have just um, tweeted Premier League tipping. Ah. Oh. It's heating up in the tipping comp after last week. Jamie Dwyer Dwyer tipped an incredible five from five last week, retaining his spot above the reverse stick for another week. I can't even remember who we... Um, we got four from five then, didn't we? Uh, we are two points off now. So, we yeah, we must have got four from five. Yeah, okay. Um, we can get them back, mate. Yeah, but we can this week because this is for our friends at uh, Guildford Mundaring Hockey Club. Uh, Premier League tipping. It'll be another interesting weekend with a number of split decisions in the UWA versus Wolves match and Whitford's versus Old Guildford. For those playing at home, this is the first time a tipster has tipped Guildford this season. Will it pay off for at the reverse stick? Oh, you idiot. Uh, the, the, other, the other issue as well. We're going to get a flog them, you know. No, the other issue, the other issue <laughs> is uh, we're the only, the only people to tip uh, the mighty magpies against Reds at the weekend. Um, it covers on national duty? Well, no. Oh, <laughs> I think, well, I did speak to some of the boys last night and, at training, and um, uh, they've got to play them uh, two games back-to-back against Reds, and they haven't dropped any points this season yet. So We've got two games back-to-back. What, next a- week? Against Reds. How yeah, yeah, who were, they were clear, clear and clear in a way. Well, it breaks into a split lit hard and there's some sort of complicated well, thing. They've got Zalewski and Govers, so they're doing all right in the middle of the park, aren't they? Jeez, look, we're, ta- <laughs> we're taking some risks. We've gone, for, we've gone for Guildford. We're the only team that have gone for Guildford, um, out of the, out of the, the four in the, in the Guildford versus Whitford's game. I, everyone, I, why did you go for Guildford? Every, I saw Whitford's play our ones and get flogged by our ones and I still would have tipped them. Right, uh, everyone's gone for Melville, uh, us and the barman have gone for uni, uh, as opposed to Anthony Potter and Jamie Dwyer going for Wolves. Everyone's gone for Hale over YM. Everyone's gone for Reds over Magpies, except for us. Yeah. And everyone's gone for Wasps over Vic Park, except for us who've gone for the draw. So this could be our week to get to, to get back into Just it, Just back into You've it. got to be brave. You've got to be brave with these decisions. You do indeed. Where are we moving on to? Just whilst we're in Australia, oh. just kudos, I think, to the... The playing group that have led this new activity, the Hockey Australia alumni, something we've spoken about in the past. We, you know, people finish their international careers and then just dis- disappear off. I think that's some, some real, a real positive move there to Excellent. to keep that flow of those uh, the relationships going with the internationals. I think. Now we've got lots of things to get Good. through. Still, I know John. what we should do first. Get to Findo. Ah, Findo, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yep. Ah. Findo, there he is. Oh, yep. He's with us. There we go. Introductions. Mr. Stephen Findlater from Hook Hockey in Ireland and, of course, the all-important media man at Yora Hockey. Stephen, thanks for joining us down the line once again. How's it going, lads? Great to be on the show once again. It's going all right. Yeah, we've, 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 we're doing a, a show sober for a change, so it's, we've, <laughs> hopefully we've made a bit of sense so far. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit like that at the moment. I mean, given all this free time, uh, yeah, you, you tend to be doing things, uh, stretching the boundaries of what's, uh, what's right and wrong in terms of uh, <laughs> your workload at this stage. Oh, you know that's every week from us. Now, the most important we thing... We are playing, well, though. We are. Well, that's the thing we're playing. Well, that's, we'll start off with that. Are you into pre-season training yourself yet? Is the goal machine back on the field? 
Um, well, we, we've had a few uh, few good training sessions recently enough. Um, you may have seen Arul Selvaraj was uh, as the Malaysian uh, new Malaysian coach. His very first training session was an absolute masterclass with the Three Rock Rovers men's fourth eleven uh, the, the, the evening after he he got the uh, he got the job. Oh. Enough, so Arul. Um, his family live actually in the grounds at Three Rock Rovers in Dublin, and uh, that's so, so he kind of commutes back back and forth between here and Malaysia. And uh, yeah, he, he was just he's been back in Ireland for well, he was back in Ireland for about uh, three or four months during the whole COVID situation, uh, but was due to go back to um, to be the uh, Malaysian assistant coach, yes. uh, with the job he picked up a little while ago. But then Roland Notman of here left, and uh, yeah, so he he got the the gig in his stead, and. Uh, yeah, so uh, just uh, about two or three days before he headed back to, to Kuala Lumpur, he, uh, he decided to help us out with a bit of a training session for the fourth team. So it is very much pre- pre-season. We don't start until October. The the, the big boys start in late September. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a bit of a time to go here now. We did get all our, our kind of back-to-play protocols released this week. Uh, so we're, yeah, I suppose semi-all systems go, albeit we've got restrictions coming back in about how many people can go and watch a game. And uh, whether whether people can, how, yeah, how things are going to go, and on all the different rules they've come through on, uh, two days ago. So it's, uh, yeah, very much tender hooks that hopefully we can get back up and running properly in the in the coming weeks. Well, hopefully he's picked up a few tips from you as well to take to uh, take to Malaysia. <laughs> oh, you won't, won't. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's probably the the hardest training session he's ever had to, to manage, given the, uh, the the diverse nature of skills on display. Is there anything about Red Rock? Um, culture. The, three rocks. Three rocks, sorry, red rock. I've got the chips in my mind for some reason. <laughs> Getting hungry here. Um, is there anything of, you know, the club culture you think you could inject into Malaysian hockey, Stephen? <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, a, a rule, he coached the, the side, uh, about, about 10 years ago and he, he invented his own, like, he, he, he the club is kind of weird. It's got the clubhouse there, but it's got a little cottage attached to the side of it. And that's where the, the caretakers of the club always live. So his, his wife, Solo, and uh, there are now three kids um, all live there and grow up there. And so they're pretty much on, on the hockey field every every day of the, every day of the year. So they're, they're, But uh, Arul, when he, he'd always like to... He's, there's a little back door from, from the cottage into the bar, and he invented this... this World famous drink, well, hopefully world famous now, called the juice. It was kind of a, it was like a, it had rum and it had, uh, like a Lucasade Sport, kind of the, the, the flat orange stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you ever had that very, very sugary drink. He invented a kind of drink using the two of these, and I think it's, it's more him injecting that into the Irish culture, uh, <laughs> around the club that, uh, rather than the other way around. So, yeah, I, like, I mean, I think, I don't know if you, you've never met the guy. He's he's about the friendliest man you'll ever meet in the we world. He's the most enthusiastic. So I think, yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, like he's just a really really enthusiastic guy, and yeah. you know he's got plenty of plenty of good knowledge. He was the assistant coach of the Irish men for a while um, back in their their good days under Paul Revington. So I, I think he's got a lot to bring to the job, and I think uh, yeah, hopefully it's a, a really good stint there. Although uh, that job is is a is a really really tough one as a. Yeah, given the turnover of coaches over there, yeah. uh, so I, I really wish wish him well and hope, hope he has a, a good stint. No wonder he's excited with all that Lucasade sport inside him. <laughs> and I, I want to be John Barnes too. <laughs> and now let's get back to uh, the, the topic at hand, Stephen. First up, um, what's happening yeah. with Euro hockey? Why don't we get to the, the nub of it? 
Yeah, so the Euro Hockey League, I suppose, and the, the media officer there, it's, um, yeah, we had to take the sad decision last week to, uh, yeah, to pull the plug on the final, final eights that we were hoping to run in October. Just logistically and, and, and with all the restrictions changing every single week, it just, it, it just proved like it was going to be, yeah, a pretty, pretty impossible task to put it all together. These were originally due to be played back in, at last Easter, but obviously that was the, the height of the, uh, the pandemic and, uh, yeah, kind of, so we pulled the plug on it in, in, in early March. Uh, that time, but we're really, really kind of enthusiastic and hoping to to get it uh, played to a conclusion um, this October. And it all looked good, probably probably about mid July when a lot of the restrictions were easing around the place. We were likely to have it in the the Wagner Stadium, which holds about seven thousand five hundred. We were probably going to have about two to two thousand five hundred people available to sit in there. That would have been the the likely kind of max that was going to go on there, but just. With the, with the changing situation all over the place, you'd have the sort of, I don't know if you have it in Australia, but you've got like the red list, the green list of where people can travel to, and it's changing every couple of days. And e- even on the day that we announced the uh, the cancellation, it, uh, we, you know, we didn't know this at the time, but uh, England put the, the Netherlands onto their red list, and so the English team, Serbiton, uh, in both the men's and women's competition, where it wouldn't have been able to travel over, and at which point, you know, if we had another change, with say German teams weren't allowed to travel to Holland or, or something like that, you'd suddenly end up the, the eve of the tournament, you know, having to re- refix, you know, just with who, who who was able to actually get there, you know, and, and given all the kind of the turbulence and the amount of costs that these clubs are putting in to to book their hotels for five days and and all that kind of stuff, and even if. Uh, you know, it, it was fairly unrealistic. Even if some a member of Amsterdam Hockey Club, you know, who used the facility, if they'd got gone down with with COVID nineteen, then they would have to shut down the club. You know, and that could have happened. You know, in in three or four days before the the event. Yeah. So with all of these kind of things considered, it it just was. Uh, you know, it, it's the sensible decision. It's it's obviously a, a fairly fairly difficult one to to take because we you know we're so invested and we love the love the competition and I think. Our fans love the uh, the entertainment value that it brings, but you know it just you know it just didn't seem realistic at all to be able to to get to get everything married together. We would have had to be incredibly lucky to see it all go through without a hitch. Now, what happens with those te- teams that were qualified for this time around? Does that then get delayed a year, or do we just wipe it totally and start afresh from next season? Yeah, so it's, it it is actually wiped uh, totally, um, and then each of the different so each of the different countries now has um, that they'll kind of maintain their their uh, their kind of ranking points for next season, and we'll have it like like as in you know where they fall, like the Dutch as the top side or the Belgians at the top side, will have three. Yeah. Three clubs in, involved next year, so that, and uh, and so forth, and all the way down to, you know, the teams like Austria and Ireland who who have one team in the EHL next year. There is, um, and then it's down then to the each of the national federations then to nominate their uh, their teams to take part. So that's taken on a different form in a num- number of different countries. So some of them have taken. So Belgium kind of had taken the the results from halfway through last season when they would have played half of their rounds of league matches as the thing to decide who their European spots are. The Dutch uh, had it at the final end of the season, um, to, you know, when lockdown came. So whoever is first and second get the top two spots, third place taking uh, the, the third spot. And then Germany is they're looking to actually finish their season now in September and a little bit of October. So they'll be deciding based on kind of how that all plays out. 
Um, and then, yeah, and then it's it's different for for each different uh, each different region. And so some of the countries played out their leagues to a conclusion in the end. So uh, the Polish league and things like that. So they they actually have natural champions in Ireland, um, my home country. We have done things very differently, and uh, they've done it from the last time that the national competitions were completed. So they've gone and kept the clubs from the previous season um, who won the the, the competitions in place there. So the national champions from then were three Rock Rovers in 2019 and Pegasus on the women's side. Now, neither, neither of them were leading their competitions at the time of the, the lockdown and uh, three Rock were well off the place in fourth place. And this has led to, to plenty of legal challenges and uh, and, uh, and uh, one of which has only just been resolved this morning. But uh, that, that they have ended up in, uh, staying in the competition as a result. Um, so yeah, diff- different uh, decisions all the way across the board, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's it. I'm sure it's going to be some, some particularly pleased clubs who uh, got to get to have their chance in the EHL for the first time, and then other clubs who will be a bit disappointed that they missed out on their chances to to see out last season, and because because last season seemed completely wiped from the from the, the schedule. That, that that leads me into the question I was going to ask you, Stephen. That um, it, it appears as if Euro Hockey's taken the decision that. Basically, we haven't been able to have a season this year. We're going to keep the quotas and move on from there. In, from a Euro hockey organisational perspective, that seems like a very an easy decision to make and the correct decision to make. So the issues then arise when the national federations and stuff start organising who's going to go. Would that be right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so like, they, I mean, the, the, the deadline is... Was originally set at uh, August 31st for them to nominate um, the, the, their their entries for next season. So I mean, like it, it, it is down to each national federation, and it's I suppose how they how they seem what's the fairest and what they seem fit. Um, whether they decided based on you know uh, yeah <laughs> any number of different things, but I suppose you know it, 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 it's there's plenty of different things which are within a reasonable scope uh, for for the federations to to choose their entrance, if you know what I mean. Uh, whether it be uh, sort of on the field results during that season, or if they don't feel enough of the season was played, to that uh, that uh, some other basis can be found. Okay, having a look now closer to Ireland. Now, from our from where we sit, it, all of this happened at the beginning of our season, so we're now, we're now experiencing yeah. a truncated season with a the sort of half final series. So it's not a full season, but we're getting to play hockey. Whereas, mm. so it, it fits in. This will fit in in a funny sort of way. But for you guys, mm. <laughs> it, it, that break came at a really <laughs> bad time for the competition and having to make decisions mm. about those sorts of decisions. Cause you weren't far off finals at all, were you? Mm. And all the, you know, the, the league champions no, I mean, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, like I suppose definitely in terms of the national competitions, you're looking at the EY Hockey League, which would be the, the national, Division um, on the women's side, it was shaping up to be. I'm pretty sure the the best run-in that uh, the competition has ever seen. They had three sides covered by three points. Uh, Pegasus were sorry, Loretto were leading the league by three points, but then Pegasus and Old Alex both had a, a game in hand. And so, uh, yeah, that was shaping up to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, final uh, three weeks of the competition. The men's competition was. Uh, a little less interesting, so it, it meant it was um, Liz McGarvey were leading by five points with two games in hand, so they really were, were likely to, to walk their way through to the, the league title, albeit they still had uh, seven games to play. We had a, a load of games cancelled for uh, 
weather conditions at different storms and things like that last in, in February or so. So, uh, so what it is, it, what it meant was Hockey Ireland had the decision to make, you know, to, to whether they were going to conclude the season or whether they were going to, and, 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 or wait and try and get it played in the, in the October or September, October kind of direction. Um, but they decided to null and void the whole competition as it, as if it never happened. So, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, the most frustration was obviously felt there by Liz McGarvey, who were pretty much uh, on the, on a key run into, to picking up the title and, uh, yeah, they, and then they got the, uh, extra kicker that they didn't get to go, they didn't get to go and be the Euro Hockey League representative as a result of that. So they went and, uh, launched a, an appeal against, uh, against Hockey Ireland's decision, which was upheld by an independent panel and they, uh, which found that they should be, uh, named as the, uh, Euro Hockey League representative given that they were clearly the best team this season, uh, on the field. Um, that, however, led to counter appeals from pretty much everyone. I think three three rockovers uh, were initially given the European spot uh, based on the the previous season, and so they appealed on that kind of saying, "Look, there's no uh, there's no basis for this. There was no if they, if they null and void the season, then how can you have a yeah. a decision made from that season?" And then you also had Banbridge who were sitting in second place in the in the competition, going, "Here, look, we should get the second European spot." Uh, which was handed to three, uh, to Liz McGarvey, uh, as we were second in the league at the time that it, it finished up. Then Loretto, uh, were leading the women's league. They said, here, hang on. If, 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 if Liz McGarvey are winning the men's league and they get their European spot, why don't we get the top European spot for women? And the, the appeal process, uh, said that they could only deal with the Liz McGarvey appeal. Because uh, that's the only one that was put before them. So they uh, hockey Ireland. So hockey Ireland then decided to step in and they said, "Here, I tell you what, we'll, we'll sort this out and uh, we'll take an appeal to uh, Sports Dispute Solutions Ireland, which is kind of our final court of appeal for." Um, but the first part of that hearing was like, "So uh, who are you taking this case against?" And they're like, "Well, we're taking it against Liz McGarvey," and they're like. No, no, you're not. You're taking it against yourselves. You're taking it against the independent, the Hockey Ireland independent panel's decision. That's the one you're arguing against. So they were effectively taking a case against themselves. <laughs> so so uh, there was a lot of back and forth. And just I just have the notes in front of me from the from the hearing. They had, there's a lot of back and forth going. Come here, can you actually do this? And uh, they kind of said, Well, look, your rules are actually, you know, and this is probably the case for everywhere in the world like that there's no there's not that many uh kind of guidelines for what happens in situations like pandemic so there were the 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 rules are kind of ambiguous enough that they could actually go ahead with the the case against themselves um and so the hearing this this morning kind of um the 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 information that was released this morning basically was uh that uh you know what what the, the the decision to null and void was was a reasonable one to take and uh yeah, that uh, you know, whilst the appeals panel uh, could uh, took a subjective decision, that um, you know, it was their their opinion that it was probably a better way to do it would be to do the results on the pitch. It didn't have any kind of a legal kind of uh, rationale to back it up. So I mean, it's kind of a technicality, really. And uh, yeah, so the the initial decisions have stood. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to open another plenty plenty more debate, but it it just a. Uh, Another very odd offshoot from all of this, uh, from Le- all of this stuff. Legally, you know? there's no other avenue to go. Though. That's it, done and dusted. Well, they could go to to CAS, so the Court of Arbitration for Sport. So, oh, that's in then, uh, The likelihood is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they could, uh, yeah. 
So it could be a fairly expensive process from there. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not, not particularly edifying really. And uh, there is, there is a course, uh, there is of course a couple of offshoots of, of other decisions of the null and void situation is that, um, <laughs> I don't know, don't even know if I want to go into this, but there's a, a couple of other appeals happening. Uh, for, for lower down, basically the, the second tier of the national competition, um, oh, yeah. you, it, basically that, that there's been a couple of sides have been excluded from next year's competition, one of whom Cork Harlequins were actually winning their group on the, in the second tier, but then they've been excluded for next year on the basis that they weren't doing well enough in their regional league to qualify for the competition for next year. At which point you're kind of so so they're kind of going well. We've effectively been relegated despite doing as well as we could have possibly done in the in in the season that we played. So uh, they they they're still they're not fully out of the woods yet when it comes to the appeals process, and and there'll be a few more to be heard in the next little while. So uh, fun and games, fascinating stuff. Fender, um, look, I, no one could have foreseen this coming. Really, I mean, maybe a few tin hat wearers did. Mm. Uh, but you know, to, to think that hockey associations <laughs> might start considering that maybe we need to add something to our constitution in the future to cover this sort of stuff up, just in case. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it, I suppose that there was nothing in the rules, and I think I think it was the same in England as well. There was nothing really in the rules about about what happens if the the season is truncated or or kind of called to a halt early, like so the. So, like in the in the English leagues, they they had an appeal as well at, over the relegation of a couple of clubs, and then they kind of uh, yeah they, they went forth with uh, saying look it's within the realms of a reasonable decision, like that. In in terms of hockey Ireland, the, the initial decisions that they made to null and void the season, and uh, you know was the the ideas behind it was a fair, probably a fairly sound one. They said look we don't want to see anyone in a worse off position. Than uh, than when they start when when lockdown came, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that was the kind of the principles that was guiding things, and it's, it's probably a fairly one with a lot of merit. But then it does seem that a couple of clubs have ended up being, you know, disadvantaged as a result of all that, and they're obviously going to be the ones who are, who are particularly upset about about how it's all played out. Yeah, and I must admit, you know, it's <laughs> personally for me, I think that. There's some things that you're just going to have to suck up in this particular hockey season, wherever you happen to be. And I mean, I know that sounds rather harsh, but um, it's unforeseeable circumstances and un- unforeseen waters yet oh, still unch- ahead. Uncharted, John. Yeah. Unprecedented. Mm. Yeah, all of that stuff. <laughs> but it's it. You yeah. know, it's hard to come down on, on that's right or that's wrong. It's just that's the way we're going to have to deal with things. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, and I mean, I suppose a lot of clubs are concerned that you know, if they're if they're not in certain competition, they're gonna they're they're gonna end up uh, sort of losing players who are gonna make make their make their moves onto the next, you know, the the ones higher up the up the ladder and all that kind of stuff if they didn't get the promotion. So I can see that those concerns. The thing is that you know we're we're looking at the window here. It's another storm and pitches being waterlogged and all that. Already, uh, <laughs> given that in the middle of our summer, and uh, and you, you know, you're just kind of going like, are, are we actually going to get a season, you know, a full season in, uh, you know, given given all that's going on, you know, like the the restrictions and all that, the return to play protocols. It's it's going to be really interesting to see 
how much and how enjoyable of a hockey season we can have. Um, you know, no no supporters are allowed to come to games. Uh, you can't carpool to games. So we, we'd have like you know, players from the ages kind of 15 and over can play adult sport. Yeah. You know, if, if you're playing a, a three-hour three away game and, and you can't have supporters, the, the parents of those young kids is going to have to drive, you know, across the country and then sit in the car park or something like that. You know, these kind of things, you can see a lot of people just kind of losing a bit of interest. So there's, there's real there's real worries about kind of small minor things like my own personal situation is my grandparents, sorry, my parents look at, look after their grandchildren on, on a Saturday when I want to go out and play a game. You know, they'll come up to the club and then they'll, they'll watch them run around. They're, they're both under, under three. And, uh, you know, they can't do that in the, in this current environment. You know, there's sort of all the, all the kind of family things, the nice, well, little the, elements the, like the, that, which, which old, are, which are under school, threat. You sorry, know? Fender. The old school way was, of course, Dad, dad and mum would go to the pub and then you'd sit in the car for three hours with a bottle of coke and um, a packet of chips. <laughs> and they'd come back, they'd come back at the end of the that'd be all right. Three-year-old, they'd be fine at three years old in the car on their own, surely. Oh, lying on the parcel shelf of the driving. Yeah. <laughs> Beeping the horn, putting their fingers in the cigarette yeah. lighter. All of that stuff. Oh, look, it, it's had a far, yeah. this, this has all had a far bigger flow-on effect, too, than any of us would have predicted. You know, it's very easy to go, mm. oh, we'll go into lockdown for a little while, and then we'll mm. all come out and be normal again. But that's that's not exactly the way things work, either. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, I think the initial the initial lockdown, when it came, it was uh, it was meant to be a two-week kind of cessation of, of things back in March, and that, that was, you know, how it was pitched to us initially. And then, you know, it obviously soon became clear that it was... Uh, Far more than that. So uh, yeah, here we are, and kind of a couple of weeks away from a supposed return. But I, I think people are still kind of on the fence about whether it's actually going to happen. Just before we let you go, Fender, the men's Irish uh, international side—they're widening the pool a bit. The new coaches looking to bring in some younger talent and get some exposure with the group. Polish those boots, Fender. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> not <the> yeah, well, <laughs> the younger. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, there's a. There's a, f- a few younger lads kind of been brought in. Uh, you, you, you'll have seen Kevin O'Dea, got a good, good player from uh, from down south in, in Cork CFI, and he's uh, he's been included. Mark McNellis as well from Nisnagarvi, who'd be one of their impressive ones. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's they don't really have anything on the horizon in the next couple of months. The Irish men's coach is actually the the job is being advertised for the full time uh, uh, job at the moment. Um, Mark Tumulty is currently the, the interim coach. He, he took it over after the European Championships last year when uh, Alexander Cox uh, yeah. left the role and uh, he, he oversaw the the the, uh, the Olympic qualifiers. And uh, yeah, basically, he, he, he applied for it on, a, on an interim basis. The, re- the reason for it being an interim one was initially it was uh, he was meant to hold it till after the the Olympic cycle. And then, you know, they're, they're the idea being that quite a few more coaches might have been available or something like that, uh, or on the move, quite a bit of movement after the Olympic cycles. And maybe there might be a better caliber, or sorry, not a better caliber, a different caliber, a different type of coach available to, uh, to, to apply for the job. Obviously, that's not really happened now with the Olympics being cancelled. So they've, uh, they've kind of opened up the, uh, the full-time job and Mark Tumulty will uh, he confirmed to the Belfast Telegraph there that he will be applying for that job and uh, yeah I think you know like the players seem to get on pretty well with him and uh, he's, he's definitely uh, got, got a strong eye on the, on the local game and, and promoting players from, from local, local clubs and, and within which um, 
maybe I think there was too much of an emphasis of players being um, kind of spun across Europe and, and told that that was the, the, the way they had to go if they wanted to be part of the, the Irish national team. So, uh, this, you know, having a good eye on the local game will probably, you know, should benefit the side. Albeit, we, we don't really know what the, I mean, they've got the European B division coming up next August. But uh, beyond that, it's, it's, it's difficult to see exactly what they're going to be involved in in, in the next com- couple of months. It might take a little while before they actually uh, can, can arrange friendlies and stuff like that again. Yeah, well, I think it's the same with a lot of players. I just want to check, Fendo. Yeah, Did you uh, just drop, drop in a second exclusive of the, of the interview? The Olympics are cancelled. Do, you know you, do you know something we don't, mate? Well, the, from 2020, obviously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, right. Okay. We just saw your mind had running there that we could have gone with. <laughs> yeah, the, no, the, yeah, like obviously they're were, they're were expecting like August 2020 with the uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know when they when that all got to, that 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 would have been you know a load of coaches from the the teams involved. No, 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 wait, no, wait, wait, movement. Yeah, they just. <laughs> <laughs> Although the, the Olympic Games will be going on in Tokyo in November, won't they? Matt? October. October is yep. it? Is that when we're doing yep. that? Special? 1964 Olympic Games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Tokyo Olympics will still be happening. At least the hockey part of the tournament. Vinday, listen in for more details. Yeah. <laughs> I will do. Well, Mr. Fenlader, thank you so much for your time once again. We know you've got a busy schedule ahead of you today. Um, where do people find out? Follow, follow your writings on social media and things like that. Where can they get all this inside track on Irish hockey? But uh, for for the Irish hockey, Irish hockey, the best place uh, for the for the official stuff is uh, the Irishexaminer dot com. That's uh, yeah, they're, they're the ones who take probably the the best hockey stuff in terms of sport in the newspapers. Hookhockey dot com for for all the all the nuts and bolts kind of stuff, and then Eurohockeyleague dot tv for uh, or sorry ehlhockey dot tv uh, for the for the Eurohockey League stuff uh, for all the updates from there. Sensational, doing a great job, Finder. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. This is Pumele Lambande, captain of the champion Blood River Bunters, and you are listening to the Reverse Stick Global Hockey Podcast. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and that was Stephen Findlater bringing us up to date with... What's happening in Euro hockey and um, the shenanigans in Ireland? Always a pleasure to sort itself out to catch up with Findo John. Without further ado, mystery. All right, here we go. Another totally random selection from Matt's Mystery Fire. We're going back to August 1959. Whoa, TAA on the back. And the, uh, there we go. The nothing, nothing can take the place of TAA's four years experience in jet flight operation. Turbo props. Mm. Uh, first all prop jet airline. Electras, Super Viscounts and Friendships. The big guns Ooh. of 50s aviation. Over 70 jet flights daily. All right. On to the hockey. On to the hockey. We are going to randomly open up. Oh, covers come off. Um, Page number two. Lots of stuff about upcoming uh, 1960 Olympic Games in Rome. Uh, Regulations. Here we go. Dress problem in India. Women's hockey in India is some distance to go to catch up with the playing skill of the men. A well-known woman writer 
in sport and pastime, deals with the problems associated with making hockey popular among the women of India. She wrote, The Madras State Women's Hockey Association, formed in 1950, have been acquitting themselves very creditably. But the fact remains that while games like tennis, basketball, ring tennis and other games imported from England have caught on in ladies' clubs, schools and colleges, enough encouragement has not been given to women's hockey at such centres of sports. This is perhaps because the Indian sari is not quite suitable for a fast-moving and deft game like hockey. While the women of Punjab and other states have learnt to play hockey with their costumes, some girls have not yet fashioned for themselves the ideal costume for hockey out of the sari. While tennis requires raising of your arms and legs and running about conspicuously on a court, as the sinusure, sinusure? Sin- I don't know, I'll have to look that one up. Of all eyes, hockey can be played by even the shyest and most modest of girls who, dressed in uniform colours, will only will be only one of a team of 11 and who will have to keep her eyes glued to the ball on the ground and the opposing team's manoeuvres and won't even have to raise her hockey stick above her shoulder level since it is against the rules. There you go. In India, they play strictly to the rules in their tournaments and there is no fancy business like in Australia of deciding the winners by the number of penalty corners, penalty bullies or behinds. In the Mohan Singh Memorial Tournament in Uttar Pradesh recently, Two teams, the Government Press and the Accounts Clubs, played no fewer than five matches before the Accounts Club won 1-0. One of the goalies in this tournament, Nawab Khan, was 55 years of age. Has anyone ever heard of an older goalie in action? Well, we have. We've, we've done retweets twice in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. A 69-year-old and an 83-year-old goalkeeper, I think, 80-year-old goalkeeper over in, in Queensland. Well, how old would Barry Rudder be? Here in WA. Oh, I don't know. He's still well, yeah. out the Well, we've got, over six, we've, got, we've got over 60 goalkeepers anyway, haven't we? You know? yeah. um, one other quick one here. Um, players insult the umpire. This is on page number four. Sir, I would like... We could probably mould this one into idiots talking umpire as well. Sir, I would like to draw your attention to the following item from The Scoop, the magazine of the Victorian Association. It reads... Congratulations to those players who finally succeeded in arranging for the resignation from active umpiring in Melbourne of one of the most pleasant and cooperative men who've taken up the whistle in the last few years. This is one of the things which has been expected for a long time, and it's finally come true. After a recent match, this umpire was abused, embarrassed and insulted by a couple of players who apparently did not agree with his decisions. This happened in front of the umpire's wife, and she, of course, like every other normal human being, immediately asked her husband the question as to why he put up with this sort of thing every Saturday afternoon. Not only was such an offence reportable, but it was discourteous to the umpire and extremely ill-mannered that such should take place in front of the umpire's wife. This umpire has now decided that he can have a far more enjoyable time playing golf or some other sport during his spare time. The scoop... Congratulate sincerely those players responsible for this and trust that they will not stop at only one umpire, but they will get stuck into all of them. It's just another case of the structure being destroyed by the termite. He attacks from within. So it is that the players are toppling their own sporting structure. Could anyone inform me through your columns as to whether umpires in other states are being humiliated in this manner? That's, that's come from ex-player umpire Melbourne. Mm. Not good. One more just underneath that. Sir, there's a lot of nonsense being written of cleaning up hockey at the international level. Why not be really sincere about this and start with club hockey? 
Most officials are very upset at how the hoodlum element is creeping into the competitions in the metropolitan areas of our capital, of our capital cities. And that's come from crippled player Brisbane. You know who crippled player was referring to there? Although years before their time, you. <laughs> <laughs> they had this prescient thought, I know what's going to happen in the future. Mighty Matt Allen. Well, there we go. That's nice. That's nice, isn't it? Well, let's get to it though. You started off with that. Let's let's get to uh, a, a new segment. Have you got a oh, Have you got a sting for this? For which For which one? The umpire, idiots. Oh no, I haven't. No, no, not yet. So I can just make the face. <laughs> yeah, you can just make the face. Okay. Well, I'll make the face. There you go. Oh. Idiots talking umpiring. Although, as it stands today, it's more idiots doing umpiring, isn't it? Well, I think uh, you might be about to hear of a world first outside of the, the one year of the, the own goal. So within the, the current structure of rules. But I think I might be the first ever player to score from outside the 25. Oh, brilliant. You like your first, don't you? Saturday afternoon on the grass against uh, um, one of our listeners and a, an ex-50 Divi 2 teammate of yours from last year, Heidi. Playing against Heidi, centre-half on centre-half. I you'd find a way to get this goal in. And uh, so... Free hit outside the 25, almost in line with the spot. Smashed it in. It's gone straight down the middle. Two of the home side, our opposition, have, have sort of gone for the ball. It's come up off the sticks, rolled over the back line. The young lady was umpiring for our team. Span around, gave a goal. We all looked around at each other, bemused. Well, I'm not quite sure what's going on. It's okay. The other umpire is going to go and have a word here. No worries. They have a little, little chitty chat. 30 seconds later. Nope, still a goal. <laughs> ah, brilliant. So, trot back down to the... I mean, we lost the game 4-1. Um, I think it went 3-1 um, with, with that goal. Anyway, so the game cards... How did are the getting, opposition take that? Well, they were just shaking their heads. Going, we just didn't know what was going on. It seemed ridiculous on both sides that it wasn't a goal. And we kind of went... You know, we were just getting... No, it's not a goal. It's not going to... Give it a goal. All right, well, fine. We just trot back. End of the game. The gar- game cards getting filled out. Who did we put our goal down for? Me! You put it down for me! <laughs> I was the last player from our team to touch the ball before the goal was given. Oh, okay then. Ding! Thanks very much. I'll have <laughs> that one. stole that one. <laughs> well, it's not a steal. It goes through the logic of it. We oh, scored well, a goal. I was the last player from our team to touch the ball before it went in. You can't score own goals in hockey. No. So it must be you. It must be my goal. Oh, I'll collect that one. Oh, that's probably... Be your most famous goal. Oh, well, it's up there, you know. I mean, I've scored a fair few, you know, oh. over the years. That's a very <laughs> good one. Now I'm actually, you're sounding like Clint Flicker. I'm returning to the uh, the the site tomorrow to play a, a 40s game where I scored one of the best goals in hockey history. But that's another story. We'll, we'll, we don't want to we'll talk go through about that. that. We'll go through that another time. Okay, your turn, idiot. So that, that's that's all we're going to do on on. Um, on umpiring this week, that's mystery fine, haven't we? We oh. just wanted to let you in, in on that goal because it was a special goal, really. Couple they don't come around very often like no. that. <laughs> no, a uh, couple of shin pad reviews for you oh, really? on, on on Amazon. Um, got to say, of the list of all the different shin pads available, it's pretty much four and a half, four five stars for uh, for most of them. Um, quite interested in the uh, what's this model here? This is the Gray G eight hundred, made in Pakistan, model number two three three. And uh, 35 ratings, four four out of five stars. First two reviews here, though, John, five stars. One from Doreen Mayer um, in the United States from 2019. Size medium. Got these after banging my left shin several times cutting wood, and then twice again when my wood splitter threw a piece of hardwood into the same shin. 
with intense force. Decided it was time to get some protection. Got hit again by the splitter after getting wearing these. Fantastic! Wood hit the protector in the same shin spot that had been hurt before, but observed, absorbed all the impact. I'm five foot eight, 150 pound female. Medium works perfectly on over my jeans. I'm really Gerald I got them and won't go out and do brushwork or split wood without. I'm really Gerald. <laughs> I don't know. Um, next next yeah, review, oh, this, yeah. is, this is from uh, just Amazon customer, five star. Provides excellent protection for my shins. Well, you'd hope that. I'm using these guards in an unconventional way. I was tired of getting my shins banged up while edging my yard, so I purchased these shin guards to provide the protection I need. I'm six foot one, so I ordered the large size. They fit perfectly and give me coverage from just below the knee to my ankle. Wearing them causes my neighbours to take a second look, which is okay, well, okay with me as my shins are no longer getting battered and bruised. What? What method of edging are you using so that's the two, that that's the needs two. you to wear shin pads? Um, and what are you edging that needs you to wear shin pads? Then um, we've got some Harrow Probots, Joseph Fowiani. He wasn't very happy. Two stars, two out of five. These are 11 inches tall from the top of the foot arch to the top of the shin and 10 inches across the front. Shit, 10 inches. <laughs> they are held on by the tension of the plastic, so it's very hard to fit right. Well, you can understand that, can't you? And then lots of people like talking about the size of their calves um, with their reviews. There we go. Um, their calves, like what? Yeah, not, not moo. No, I didn't think they were dairy farmers. But uh, fit. Oh, this is from Derek. Uh, fit. I'm an adult male, five foot seven, short legged, with pretty big calves. I was umming and ahhing about a medium versus large, and glad I got the latter. As the fit is perfect, comes to just below my knee and is a good tight fit. Well, obviously a good purchase there for you. Well, it's Derek. not going to matter how big your calves are if it's a good tight fit just under your knee, is it? Well, there's some Different bit of biology going on there, buddy. You know, some people say uh, very useful. I wear them under my socks. Oh, uh, surprise, so. surprise! <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, should I put in the two sock thing? What? Oh, you wear two pairs of socks and you slip them in between. Yes, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I, yeah, that's that's what what I, I do. do. And it's funny you should mention shin pads because um, I was cleaning out my bag yesterday mm-hmm. in pre- preparation for tomorrow's game. And I looked at my shin pads. Mm-hmm. And you've seen my shin pads, the black ones I wear. I've seen them. I can smell them now. They've got, they've got, uh, and I noticed the little holes in the bottom, you know, the little ankle foam bit on, yeah, on yeah. the ankle. There's, on one ankle, it's got all these little tiny holes in it that were from uh, the teeth of, Spike, right? Yeah, when he remember, was a puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was about two months old when he had a crack at oh, that. So they've got to be a good 15. No, well, he lived till he was 17 and he's been dead for five years. So that gives you an indication of how old my shit bats Don't are. Don't laugh, R.O.P. Spike. Oh, he's a great good, good puppy dog. dog. But, um, yes, I might need a new pair. Although they're still performing very, very well. I mean, they? you certainly haven't got any calf issues, have you? I haven't got any calves, no. I've just got these twin sticks that bite down underneath my ass. You're listening to the Reverse Technic Global Hockey Podcast. What else have we got, mate? Well, just, just before we go, John. Dear John. Uh, I understand. Uh, yeah, well, go on. I understand somebody. Before you get yeah, to yeah. it, I had an email from Morrison this yeah, week. yeah. And he said, I think you should use a link to YouTube. Mm. You should use this song as the theme for um, the Dear John segment. Well, I'll give you a taste. We've already got a theme. Have a, have a listen oh. to this. Have a listen. Dear John. 
that's about all I can take of that, actually, to be honest with you. I think we'll stick with yours. It's by Gene Shepherd and a fella by the name of Furlan Husky. He had a porn name before there were porn names to be had. And it probably just does give a little insight into the listening habits of Ashley Morrison. It does. Hey, what I'd love to hear, John, is... Well, give me a bit more. Give me a bit more. Here we go. And it started... Furlan, baby. Dear child. Dear child. Gene again. Looking forward to hearing Ash Morrison's uh, Spotify playlist, Alan. <laughs> uh, Hockey Australia. I think he'd surprise you. He, he likes a bit of Johnny the Fox. Uh, Thin Lizzy does. Uh, he's a big fan of that. Right, well, just while we're on, Ash, he is in action commentating. Hashtag live stream hockey this weekend. He's doing Hockey WA Premier League games on Sunday. Men's and women's Curtin University versus Marvel. Um very nice to see on the Hockey Australia site, they've put together some links for live streams that are happening this weekend. So, oh, this probably won't be out in time, but there's games in uh, in Canberra in the ACT Capital League. They're being streamed. You'll be able to find them if you follow at the Hockey Live on Facebook and on Twitter. Hashtag live stream hockey. We'll put those out on Saturday. We've got uh, live streams coming from the Ride Hockey Club. Ben Craig. Tom Craig's brother oh, in in action against uh, Sutherland. Let's see, Kieran Govers is playing in that game. I see some bloke in the Brisbane League. I can't remember his name. So apologies. Uh, he's rocketed to number two on the. Uh, oh, is this the eight goals in a yeah, fourteen nil or something? <laughs> eight goals. That's still all right, isn't it? That's yeah, a well, good he's, day. he's avoided the third cart and just there, hasn't he? Oh, just... <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, Where is that? Hockey Queensland, the Brisbane Women's Hockey Association there, live streaming that the, uh, what have they got on this weekend? Kedron Wavell Services versus Valley Women's, that's Saturday at 4.30 local time. And then, of course, Hockey Tasmania, Scott and our friends there, you can always get the highlights packages and replays of their streams on their YouTube channel. So lots going on. Check out at the Hockey Live and we will post all of those links and keep you up to date with those. Great segment. Well done, mate. Thank you. Oh, we didn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to dear John. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? Go on. Oh, okay. Just a quickie. John. Dear John, indeed. Just a quickie. John, one of my teammates shouted at me at the weekend and used profanities. It made me very sad, and I don't think I want to play again. That's from TC in Perth, Western Australia. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Now they don't. Oh, TC doesn't thinks they don't want to play again. What What can you do to convince TC to get back out on the park? Or Or how should they cope, John, with uh, a teammate in inverted commas swearing at them? Uh, well, once again, I'm assuming it's not in a, in a, in a good way. We're going to get sponsorship out of uh, Coburn Cement somehow or other with this segment, because once again, I would suggest uh, uh, maybe a brickie's light would be what you'd really need in this situation. Just have a big, big glass of that. Maybe and, um, maybe TC's a sensitive type, though, John. You can't uh, no, you can't no, proffer no, no, that no. as the answer to everything. See, but these things go both ways. I, I think the teammate also has to be taken aside by a responsible leadership member. Mm. And just told that swearing your teammates on the field is unacceptable in our team. It gives the opposition a boost. It looks bad. It dismantles the um, confidence of your teammates. And it's really just not on. Five bucks in the fine tin for swearing at your teammates. Discouraged on the field, yeah? Absolutely. Now, off the, off field, the field, call them whatever you damn well like. But on the field, 
you are out there as a team. And I love playing against teams where blokes on the opposition start gobbling at each other. It's you fun. know it's you're fun. going to win. But it's great when you can go to them. See, even your own teammates don't, don't like, like you. Mate. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good line, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed they don't pass to you either? <laughs> so th- therein lies the answer. Now, maybe the team wants him to leave. We've had this situation before. Maybe they've decided as a... Um, a leadership group, mm. and the only way they're going to get rid of him is by calling him up and uh, mm-hmm. into whatever word you want there. Yeah, whatever you find most offensive, whatever offends you a, the most. A ninny. Whatever would offend you the most is the word that will be used against you. Mm. Um, so, a very complex situation, Matt, as always. But you should always have. Oh. And remember, folks, always have a bag of Coburn cement handy. <laughs> or any other brand of cement. No Coburn it's, cement, Matt. Well, no, no. But it's, you know, it's an opportunity potentially with some big cement suppliers to, to bring him on well, board. We can, as, come, uh, we, can, we can say, look, we're sorry, you have to offer us more. Find a global. Even we haven't. We've got any global cement suppliers. Global if, cement. If you're in charge of a global cement supplier business and you'd like to sponsor us here at the reverse stick please do get in touch you can send us an email to matt at the reverse stick.net don't bother sending one to john his is still not working <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course you could support us by becoming a patreon go to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick if you would like to help us with our hockey podcast endeavors lots of people do there's Extra special content. Um, what else? You get private little chats with us. There's even an opportunity every now and again to come and have a beer with us, isn't there, John? Oh, there is indeed, Matt. Um, I'll be having a beer tomorrow night. Maybe not a beer, might be a whiskey. Yeah, anyway. Patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. Get on it, folks. Have a good hockey weekend if you've got hockey on. Uh, just enjoy being around hockey where you can. And um, good luck sitting out where you can't. We're with you. We are with you. All right. Podcast theme. You can do it for your own bloody podcast, not this one. No, it's all about me, mate. You know that. <laughs>